Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Driftless Glen. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how you doing today? Doing pretty good. Got a streak of good weather here in Cincinnati, so I'm trying to soak it all up while we can. We needed it. Time to get out on the links. Yeah, Time to, yeah. We, I mean, we already hit the simulator once, but we gotta at least we gotta get out and play play the real thing. Play the real thing. Now that yeah. it's actually warm, warming up, and yeah. of course we're watching some playoff basketball, and uh, you know we're just living the, living it high. Yeah, NHL hockey playoffs are about to start. It's just yeah. um, got the NFL draft in a couple weeks. Like, man, we're we're in a pretty good spot. Just had the Masters, RBC yeah. Heritage is going on. Good time for sports fans, which of course we are. Um, so hopefully you guys are doing enjoying that. I'm sure what you're also going to enjoy is this podcast. We're very excited about it. So Andy, why don't we dive right on in? Tell the folks out there everything they need to know about Driftless Glen. Of course. So this is a newer one. Um, they were founded. I don't know exactly when they were founded, um, like year, but they were founded along the uh, Baraboo River in Wisconsin. Um, Along the borders of the Driftless area there in Sand County, Sand County, Wisconsin. Hmm. Hence, kind of their uh, the kind of origin of their name, Driftless, Driftless Glen. This has got to be our first Wisconsin whiskey, right? Yeah, this is our first Wisconsin whiskey. Um, Shout out Wisconsin! Let's go! Yeah, love that '70s show. <laughs> yeah, love, yeah. love cheese. Eh, not so. Yeah. Not a big fan of the Packers, though. Yeah, not a big fan of cheeseheads, but like cheese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. But they founded a distillery in this area due to what they perceived, at least, as it's like everything unique about it. Just the unique combination of the temperatures they get in um, up there in Wisconsin during the year, the water they have, soil for everything, you know, growing the grains and everything, and then also just the outside of temperatures, the overall weather they get too, hmm. um, which are you know are unique for them in the United States, but also in the world. It's just kind of everything they can get there. Gotcha. Um, and because of where they found it, you know, all of this combined for them founding the distillery, um, that was able to source, you know, very good local grains for them, uh, alongside the exceptional water in the area that they're able to get, you know, for them kind of their, at least looking at their website and everything, you know, their version of Kentucky limestone water, basically. Sure. Um, and it allows them to, you know, create the, um, exceptional whiskeys and bourbons that they have uh like i was saying you know they do source all of their grains locally and water um it's all local to them in that area um they're very proud of sitting there trying to source everything from the driftless area there that they can at least hmm. um and then you know once they get it all mashed and everything and um distilled out then it goes first onto their 44 foot column still and then once it's through there, they actually r- then run it through again in their pot still. So they oh, distill wow. it twice on two different stills there. That's interesting. To do it. Yeah. Which I don't know of many American whiskey companies, at least bourbon companies, that do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're one of the only ones that I think that does that, like both stills. That's more common over in Europe, right? Yeah. It's a little bit more common that you'd use both in Europe or you'd at least use pot stills in Europe. Right. More common to do that there. The only other bourbon company that I know of that used, at least used to use pot stills was, uh, 
uh, Woodford Reserve. Hmm. And that's like some of their huge, if you take a tour there, that's like a huge selling point for them. Sure. Um, and then, you know, for Driftless Glen, they, once they've got it all distilled and everything, they then go um, put it into their 25 to 30 gallon uh, barrels, um, depending on, I'm assuming which product they want to make out for it is just a size issue, which one it goes into, the 25 to the 30 gallons. Whereas, uh, you know, most distilleries, at least bourbon distilleries, will use like 56 gallon barrels to age. Right. Um, and there's something, you know, a little bit a unique advantage using the smaller um, barrels. It allows them to mature their bourbons and rye just a little bit faster than most other distilleries, at least in America, most other distilleries. Um, it is something that, you know, in as little as three or four years, you know, they can sit there and create a, um, bourbon or rye that is good, at least to their standards, good. Um, whereas that's like for most other big distilleries, that's kind of like the youngest that they look to start pulling at a four, three, four year mark. It's like, Driftless Gun is like, okay, these are like really good, um, to do. And... Of course, then once it's distilled and aged there, it goes into several different whiskeys that they have. Um, so they have two different bourbons that they do, just their single barrel and the small batch, which the uh, their straight bourbon whiskey is the one we're trying today. So I'm assuming that's their small batch. Um, right. Yeah, it is their small batch. Cool. Uh, we're trying their bat- small batch number 42. Um, and then... They also have their single barrels and small batch rye, as well as a, a 50, what they call a 51 rye. So it's bottled literally at 102 proof, so 51% alcohol, and then also distilled using 51% rye in the mash bill. Hell yeah. And then they also have brandies, gins, uh, a few different vodkas, flavored and premium vodkas, and then like other just like limited releases that it, that they do, like a port finished, weeded, and... Um, a bourbon de naranja, which is an or is um, it's finished in a sherry barrel that's orange infused. Wow! So they get, definitely got a lot of interesting different stuff, and then they're um like if you look at their logo, it's kind of interesting. It's got a um, uh, if you have a bottle of it, got a windmill on there, which I'm assuming or I'm assuming that's a windmill at least as part like. of their logo logo. And then part of their uh, bottles, too, like they do thumbprints etched into the um, bottles as well. At least on the small batch bourbon, they do that. Um, Right. I don't know about the rest of them, but at least on the small batch bourbon, they do that. And I think those are, like, each person that batches it and bottles it, that's supposed to mimic, like, their thumbprint in order to um, sit there and... So that's kind of like their, I think, their seal of approval on each bottle that goes out, so to speak. Um, so I think with that, that's pretty much everything Driftless Glen. Um, and I think if you were ready now, we can, you know, go to straight to the tastings. Yeah, let's do it. We already got our glasses poured here. So everyone get yourself a glass poured and, um, we're going to do the tasting. As always, we're going to start with the notes. Oh, very nice. Very, yeah, very, like, even at the... It's 96 proof, so not the highest alcohol out there. It's 48% alcohol by volume. So it's not like the proofiest one out there, but 
you know, even at 48%, it kind of smells a little bit richer. Um, get a little bit of, for me at least, like a little bit of like a floral aspect on it. Um, yeah. A little bit of kind of like a lighter fruits aspect as well in that floralness, like a springtime note. I almost, almost. get like an Angel's Envy style, like almost like yeah. it was like aged in port barrels, like that kind of note. Not as strong or pronounced, but like like a little hint of that is what I'm, I'm getting at. Yeah. On top of your, your the floral note you mentioned. All right, let's give it a taste. Cheers. It's good. I like it. Pretty good, yeah. I, I, I'd have to agree with you there. It definitely drinks a lot stronger than the nose gives, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it drinks like a 100 proofer. Yeah. Um, 100, 105 proof, yeah. a little higher than what it's listed. Not crazy high. It's got a like a good hug there. Yeah, all really, the way down. Really good uh, Wisconsin hug, yeah. which you need in the, with those cold winters. Yeah, um, long finish. Um, yeah, really long finish. I'm kind of hot, hot finish, which what you said goes into that hug. Um, are you getting any specific flavors? I got like maybe some dark fruit. Are yeah, like thinking? the dark fruit flavors. I mean, kind of like you said with that Angel's Envy. That makes me, mm-hmm. even though I mean this one isn't as far as their label says port finished or anything it kind of does give me that angel's envy note right that reminds me like it's a port finished For something sure. like that i really like it what did you say the cost was uh cost was about 45 50 okay. bucks here in uh cincinnati area yeah i would say it's worth a 40, 40 yeah it's in that 40 price. to 50 dollar range yeah yeah good. yeah i like it yeah, i think it's really good i definitely recommend yeah all right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, really wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us. Please subscribe, leave a review, listen to every episode, uh, share on social media, follow us on Instagram, tell your friends about us. We, we really do appreciate your guys' support. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.